This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Hi, Jen. Hi, Em. How you doing, babe? I'm doing actually pretty good today. (laughs) I was excited for this question today. How are you doing? So much better than I have been. (laughs) So much better, right? October was the fucking worst. I'm honestly thrilled that it's November. Thrilled. Thrilled that it's November. We got daylight savings coming up this weekend. (gasps) Which I had to Google yesterday if it's... Remember, like, wasn't it supposed to become illegal or, like, not a thing anymore? (laughs) Not illegal. I can't imagine if they made it illegal, if you, like, changed your clock. I thought that there was, like, they, like, put a bill in. (laughs) They changed your clock and they arrested you. You cannot put your clock back an hour. You're arrested. It's a $5,000 fine. But, no, I thought that they, like, put a bill into place. Like, there wouldn't be daylight savings. Now, if you're listening from Arizona, I don't think they have that at all. No, they don't. Mountain time? Mountain time. But, like, Pennsylvania... (laughs) But Pennsylvania, we're, I guess we're just going to have this forever. I'll take it right now, though. Listen, I'm going to say unpopular opinion. I love daylight savings time. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like about it? I really am affected by light. Like, so affected But it's still going it. to get dark earlier. It, it is, but it'll be lighter in the morning. Like, my, my time clock is yeah. like, I need light in the morning or I'm, I'm not functioning. I went to my 6 a.m. 6 a.m. workout, which I never do. I do 8.30 every day. But like on Tuesday, I have a lot of things happening. So I was like, whatever, I'm going to get up to the 6 a.m. 
it was pitch black when I got there and it was pitch black when I left. And I was like, how do people do this every day? I was so tired. I walked in and I fell over this like stand there like <laughs> like a step stool thing. Not during the workout, just walking in the building. And I scratched up my leg because I'm bleeding. Were people laughing? Did they say, are you okay? It's just one woman, someone sees just you. one woman walked right past me and she goes, nobody saw that. And she oh, kept God. walking. I didn't know anyone at the 6 a.m. class. Like usually at 8.30, everyone would be like, that's fucking Emily. Um, but I don't know anyone at 6 a.m. because I don't go to that one. So I feel like, you know, people probably just like didn't make fun of me. That I think which is, is nice. the best reaction that <laughs> you can really have. Cool. Because you know when people run up and they're like, oh my God, are you okay? And you're fine, but like you're more embarrassed because so everyone's asking you if Yeah, you're that's okay. what I would be worried about, right? Yeah. Um, okay, but we have a great intro question today. I'm ready. So Abby wrote in and said, what's your favorite memory of or with each other? I have so many. Really? What's yours? Do not have any. <laughs> no, <laughs> smoking weed. <laughs> Can I say that? Yeah. Our favorite picture we have is a picture of us passing a joint that we've never been able to actually put in public because like, I don't know, you're therapists and like you're not supposed to do anything like that. But like, it's the it's the coolest picture we have together. Yeah, we can't put it anywhere. But we can't put it out anywhere yeah. because, you know, then they'll come take our license or something. We have medical cards. You don't have a medical card. I might expired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in New Jersey. Legal where you're at, baby. There okay. It is. So what what's your favorite memory? So Oh, I've I have a good one, yeah. My one was like when we were singing in the car in grad school. <gasps> I feel like that's when we really first connected. That is a hundred percent. We were for some reason we were at a party at our professor's house. <laughs> Why? We were on our way to a party at our professor's house, and I think a Grease song came on. We, I feel like we were like maybe we got there early and we're like we can't go inside. We got to yeah, be like five yeah, minutes had, late. Yeah, yeah. And for some reason, Grease came on. We just started fucking belting this song without saying to each other like it just happened and it was the yeah. best sing-along it was, ever it was beautiful that's one i think asparagus jen is one. Oh yeah you you are asparagus, when asparagus jen. Yes. jen started you know where yeah. that originated also i have like really fond memories of us like building the business yes. at the very beginning i have so my favorite memory so i have two that i'm thinking of right now one is we were the first time we ever got a phone call the yes. therapy group looking for a client. We were in your bedroom in yeah. your house on um Rodham Street, right? Rodman, yeah. Rodman Street. Yeah. And we were in your bedroom and we were like, we called to check the voicemail and somebody had called looking for therapy. It was the first person that ever called into the business. And I looked at you, we looked at each other and I was like, this is going to fucking work. We're going to be able to do this. And we like had this moment where we like freaked out and started dancing. We were so excited. So that's a really amazing memory I have. And then I I don't know, I do got to say it's like a close second, probably a few weeks ago <laughs> when we were crying, laughing about that, like maybe this got too big. <laughs> that I think was so funny. So we're like, you know, 55 hours into this move and <laughs> I look at Jen and I'm like, we may have made a mistake. Like, I'm like, maybe <laughs> we, I, it's possible we like took this too far. <laughs> And by too far, I mean, like, Emily and I planned on just, like, having a business, you know, with each other, like, building up our own caseloads. <laughs> 40 therapists later. And it was, like, the pressure of getting everyone filled out and the offices and, like, uh, you know, just, like, little things. I mean, the amount of texts we get a day is insane. There's just so many things. And we just had this moment of, like, maybe the train went off the track a little bit. <laughs> 
and we were <laughs> crying laughing. We were delirious and then we were crying laughing. That was yeah. hilarious. But it it is, it's these very like poignant moments in time. And if you think back, like that was, it feels like 1 million years ago, some yeah. of those things. A, a lot of them. And it was only, some of them was just a decade ago. Right. Um, but I will say this. Right now, in this moment, someone you're close with, I want you to think about your favorite memory of them, and then I want you to text them today. Hey, I was thinking about this memory had a few years ago. This was such a great time. Love you thinking about you today. So anyone you feel close with, be a family member, or you know what, maybe you want to go say it to your dog or your pet. Hey, my favorite moment of this. Do it right there. So send that message out to somebody, because we have to get to our episode, which is, should I stay or should I go ending things that no longer serve you? We got so many questions about this. I know yes. I say that every time, but we get a lot of questions about <laughs> a lot of topics. <laughs> you know, we post something and then we're like shocked. Yeah. How many times? But also not shocked because making this decision is really challenging. Yeah. So let's talk about, so this term serve you. I feel like this is a very popular term on social media and it's talked about a lot, especially in the therapy group. Let's talk about like what this means because serving you doesn't always have to one mean in this reciprocal way. I think we had this idea that relationships are supposed to be 50-50. That's just simply not accurate. And so when we talk about serving you, I want to use the word of like fulfills you or feels important to you or you deem as important. How would you define serve you? I want to define it as something that, you know, isn't just a momentary feeling. You know what I mean? So I think if you're someone who does a lot of work on yourself, which if you're listening to this podcast, that's probably you. <laughs> you're listening to Strict Jakes, they're like, oh, I hate growing. Yeah, right. <laughs> I hate analyzing I'm here for myself. the vibes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which might be possible. But my guess is you're probably always monitoring yourself and monitoring your relationships too. I think that's a really common thing when you're doing a lot of work on yourself. And so I think sometimes we may take it to a point where we're constantly thinking like, is this serving me? Is this serving me? We're like almost checking off boxes of like, okay, today was really good. It's giving me this, this, and this. And like today was really bad. It's giving, you know, it's taking this, this, and this from Mm me. And so I, I say that it's, it's not, um, kind of a small moment in time because relationships and healthy relationships don't always serve you, right? It's not something that's, constantly happening. Like there are times in which you are not going to get what you need out of your relationships. And that doesn't mean it's not healthy. It doesn't mean it's not a reason to end it. it. Exactly. So, you know, I think it goes along with our debunking this myth of like, you know, if, uh, if it's right, it's supposed to be easy or if it's right, you know, you'll, you'll never fight or, you know, your partner should always be able to be there for you or your friends should always be able to be there for you, that relationships ebbs, they they go through ebb and flow where sometimes they're able to give and sometimes they're not. Um, so I think when you say no longer serving you, like maybe it's not giving you the consistency that it once gave to you, right? I think consistency is a really good word here. Is it causing harm? Yeah, it's causing harm. Yeah. Right. And so I think if you more often than not are saying, I'm unhappy in this and I'm not getting what I need and I ask for it. And, you know, it, it it's not like 60, 40, it's like 90, 10, right? Like I think 99, the, one, <laughs> 99, one, <laughs> you know, I think that those, 
are things to consider. And if it's always 99-1, right? Like it doesn't switch off. It isn't about, you know, the fact that your partner just lost their parent and they've been struggling for six months and and that there's not these extenuating circumstances, right? So like, I think if to really put it into context of like, I'm not getting what I need out of this and I've been asking, we've been working on it. You know, I think that that's my, that was my, long ass definition <laughs> that's good that was good right well so someone said it. so how do you know when something no longer serves you so you started to say this right which is that like does a relationship continuously leave me depleted do i find myself um avoiding the relationship or situation do i find myself regressing back to a childhood state these are all things for me that are like indicators that like this isn't like really working out for me for me it's like is there anything mutually beneficial about this relationship yeah. I think it's really hard because I'm someone who has a lot of relationships in my life from like, like, don't you think I have like a lot of long, you do too, right? Like we both have like a lot of friendships we've had for like decades. Yes. And I think when there's history, it's really hard to suss out the difference because you're like, wow, I've known this person for decades. How could I not have a relationship with someone? And sometimes that is a reason. Sometimes it's like, you know what? That is really important for me. I've known this person forever. They are like a family to me. I'm not going to be doing any type of cutoff, but I have to alter the relationship or alter my expectations. And I think that's something to think about. We're talking about this in terms of like ending things that no longer serve you. But before you get to the ending, there can be altering. Yeah. If there's no harm. Yeah. I love that. I think that that's important because I think as a society, you know, we've moved towards like if something's not serving you, like throw it away. You know, there's been a lot of talk around that. And I think that, you know, there is a middle ground there where maybe something isn't serving you in the ways that it once was, but maybe the expectation of what the relationship is can change. Yeah. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil, keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks. 
I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. So someone said, how do you know the difference? Giving it more time versus knowing it's time. Here's what we like to think about. If nothing from, take this moment right now today, if nothing ever changes, does it work for you? Yeah. Now, if something does change, does it work for you? What has to change for it to work? One of the questions we'll often, we'll ask a lot, especially in couples therapy, relationship therapy, is I say, what do you need to change with this other person for this relationship to work? And sometimes it's like, I need to be heard by them. I need to have more time with them. I need to uh, see that, that they see these certain parts of me, right? And then the per- the partner says, I didn't realize it was that simple. Okay, like, I hear you. I see these things. Or the person says, like, what are you talking about? I hear you all the fucking time. All you do is talk. I'm like, eh, yeah, maybe it's not going to change there, right? right? And so part of the difference is, like, saying, like, what could work in this relationship? What needs to alter? And do I try to alter first? Do I try to have conversations first? Do I try to set boundaries first? Do I try to alter in some way? And then after I've done all these things, how would I know when it's time to leave? And that's an important question to ask yourself because there's usually not a perfect time. And it's interesting when you're at this, you know, period of time where you're questioning your relationship, and you're asking yourself, like, is this right for me? Does this serve me? And I think that, you know, you can feel if someone's really unwilling to do the work and to work on it, right? You've tried everything. You're doing everything. And I think that, you know, it's important to bring it to your partner as opposed to, just talking about it in therapy or just talking talking about it to friends, right? So often we triangulate other people into the relationship and, and talk to them in order to not go to our partner to have this conversation with them. That includes your therapist. And that includes your therapist, mm-hmm. right? So like, you know, as therapists, we often hear clients come in and, and talk about these things and we will say to them, well, did you have this conversation with them? And so often we hear them be like, no, well, not like this. You know, it's like always it's, that way. It, that's, it's always that. It's always that's what it is. Not, not in well, this way. No, I didn't say it like that or like a version. I'm like, dude, you know, you said in some like passive way. And yeah, I guess yeah. talk about like what's active communication. Active communication is direct communication. Yeah. Right. And so, so often people be like, well, you know, I said to him like, well, I wish you'd listen to me more. And I'm like, that's not the same as saying like, 
hey, when I talk to you, I notice you look at your phone or I notice you're there or you or change the subject. Here is what I need when you when I ask you to listen for me and like yeah. telling people what you need. Yes. How to tell what your deal breakers are. So I thought it might be helpful to just name some common deal breakers. Okay. So that you can assess. Are you going to name your own? Obviously, my own is having kids. (laughs) (laughs) Thought that was obvious now. (laughs) That's not your only one, though. No, no, not my own. Um, Abuse of any kind. Yeah. 1,000%. That's number one, right? That is a deal breaker. Any sort of abuse. Another one is incompatible personalities. Right. So like if your if your personalities really don't match, right, if you feel really triggering to the other one. Right. And it's maybe always been that way. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have opposing goals, priorities and core values, that's a big one. This is once again, like having children. Sexual incompatibility is another one that can really end up affecting your relationship. And that doesn't mean like I think that people always think that's like um uh, differences in desire. That is not what you mean by sexual incompatibility. Most people do not have exactly the same desire as their partner. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That is often what's happening. We're talking more about like, you know, if your per- your partner is interested in having multiple partners, yeah. right? If that's something they want to incorporate into your relationship and that is not something that works for you, right? Yeah. That's something that brings up a lot of jealousy for you. That would be an example. I think people say like, okay, but what, how much should I explore myself? And exploration is not a bad thing, right? Your partner is incredibly interested in um, BDSM. And it's like, okay, I'd like to try some of this. And then you try it and you're like, you know what? I'm really not comfortable with this and I'm not interested. And it also just doesn't turn me on. And then you have to say like, okay, like, is there a part that I give to my partner? Is it what I do? And and that doesn't mean is like, I I think there's this idea is like, okay, I have to be born a certain way. Yeah. Most times we explore, we like something new. It's because we try something new out. I don't know that I like eggplant until I try fucking eggplant. That's funny because eggplant also is like the dick emoji and I didn't mean to do that. I was just thinking about like, I generally didn't like, I was always like, I don't like eggplant parm. I don't like chicken parm. And I was like, I do like eggplant parm because I tried it one time and sometimes trying shit you figure out. I um, I was watching probably an Instagram reel or something. (laughs) It was this woman. It was this woman going up to an actual eggplant, and she was like, "Why is this the the emoji for dick? <laughs> like, if you think about an eggplant, it's not dick like at all. Not dick like at all. No, it truly isn't. Like, if I, you know, if if I saw a dick that looked like an eggplant, I think I'd be like, you need to go to a hospital. <laughs> I would just be so scared. Scared. It's so big." And also, well, like, actually, this summer we grew um what they're called fuck, what are they called fairy tale eggplants Cinderella eggplants they're called fairy tale eggplants and they actually were a little bit more dick like <laughs> they're small that's and that's why it's a fairy tale and then, <laughs> they were so cute it's the first time I've ever grown eggplants and we did really well this year I would say that's a fairy tale I'm looking yeah. them up by the way. Yeah. <laughs> They're wonderful. They're great to grow. Grew them right next to my pumpkin patch that I got 10 pumpkins from this year. Okay, you think these? <laughs> wait, wait, what do they look like in the picture? <laughs> Not good. No, they were great. Okay, so this conversation started was like, sometimes, right, like, deal breakers don't mean, like, somebody brings something up. And I'm like, no, I would never do that. Like, in relationships, it's important to consider other people's interests, right? Like, right. you know. 
I have no interest in ice skating. I think it's scary. I don't like the way it feels. Same. It feels incredibly unstable. But at the beginning of my relationship, ice skating and playing hockey is very important to my husband. I tried it out. Tried it multiple times. Still don't fucking like that shit. Um, <laughs> and so, but trying things out is important in a relationship. So those aren't necessarily deal breakers. I also hate ice skating. It's, it feels so unstable to me. It feels so scary. It feels like a broken wrist ass, like ass to happen. I um, have weak ankles. <laughs> <laughs> of course I you do. Bro- right? Are you shocked by that? I, uh, I broke both of them growing up. <laughs> Bro, I feel like you need more calcium. <laughs> I definitely did need more calcium. I mean, I was eating those fucking like TV dinners. <laughs> Your whole that, childhood. Like, yeah, my entire childhood. So like I think it only makes sense that I broke both my ankles Wait, when I was TV, being fed. Those TV dinners were so good with the warm brownie in them they were and so the mac good. and cheese. You know what drove me crazy though? When the mac and cheese or the corn would get in the I brownie. Know. You know exactly what I I'm know exactly about. what you're talking about. But I'm going to be honest, those things were fire. And it's so funny because I feel like if I serve that to my daughter now, I would be judged so hard. But I ate those all the time growing up. And it was just normal. And they were delicious. And now I feel like as a parent, it's like, oh, you have to fucking serve your kid like organic Brussels sprouts roasted to perfection. And I'm like, I was eating like <laughs> radioactive microwaves. Right, right, radioactive right. brownies. <laughs> and I love them. And they were delicious. And I think we turned out okay. That's why I mean, we're all... <laughs> So, so you can say that's my why we're all in therapy. <laughs> my mom was like, it seems like all your friends go through IVF. And I was like, yeah, man, it does feel a little bit like maybe our bodies have been poisoned somehow. It was the TV dinners. It definitely <laughs> it was, was. You don't think it's the Roundup? <laughs> the chemicals? Could, no. could be the Roundup, too. Could be the Roundup. But I'm just saying, whatever, those TV dinners were fire. I would eat them now. They're probably so bad now. I Honestly, I think we should try it out. Oh, we can do an Instagram live. Yes. I, okay, I had this great idea to do the Instagram live of a uh, we have a we have one big argument in our relationship. Me and you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm it is? Ready. No, I'm not sure. It's Pete's Hud versus I... Domino's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when someone says, "Should I stay or should I go?" I have repeatedly thought about ending my relationship with Jen because of her love for Domino's and my can love we, for Pizza Hut. Can we talk about, okay, so Emily texted Don't me. Don't talk about this. This Please. is raw. <laughs> Emily texted me, I think last week, and somehow my read receipts went on on our text messages. Only for us. <laughs> Only for us. And she texted me and she said, what do you think? Like something about like, I just want to own <laughs> a Pizza Hut or something. I like said, that. I want to own a Pizza Hut buffet. And she said, what do you think about that? And I read it and I never answered her. <laughs> but I could see that she read it one minute after I sent it. And then 12 hours later, she still had not responded to my desire to own a pizza buffet. <laughs> so the next day, Nikki was having a Halloween party at her house. I get there and I was like, we're in a fight. We're in a fight because you don't support my idea to own a pizza buffet. Listen. And you were like, it's because of my love for Domino's. And I just feel like we should really duke that out. So here's a poll. Nikki, put this shit up. I want everyone to vote on pizza versus Domino's. And she took a poll at this party and a lot of people said Domino's. I know. And she, I was Wait, she was shocked. She was shocked. I'm going to be honest. I was shocked. I was embarrassed. <laughs> I was perplexed. <laughs> shamed did you feel shame i was ashamed yeah and then i said this party is no longer serving me i should go (laughs) and that is uh, something that tells you right like after you announce who loves domino's or pizza hut and they all say domino's yeah 
You didn't know. Uh, let me ask you a question. When's the last time you had Domino's? Definitely with you when you lived in that all white apartment and yeah. you used to get thin crust Domino's pizza all the time, Jen. It's so good. That is 100% the last time I had Domino's. So that was probably 2012. Yeah. Fun. And it, those were fun <laughs> times. And it was good. Was it not? Now, ask me the last time I had Pizza Hut. I generally don't know because there's no Pizza Hut. It's anywhere. And I don't even <laughs> think you can get Pizza Hut anymore. But I will tell you the Pizza Hut buffet with the scholastic reading and the and the red cups. The last time when I was in college, there was one last Pizza Hut buffet that I had my current husband take me out to a date to. I was like, he was like, I want to take you on a date. You know, when you're like, you know, 21 and like you actually can't afford to go anywhere. And like right. your version of a date is like come pregame with my friends. So that right. was like basically how we were dating. And then he's like, I'm going to take you out on a date. Where do you want to go? And I was like, I want to go to the Pizza Hut buffet. <laughs> I'm going to go to the fucking Pizza Hut buffet. That's what I want to do. Okay. Went to the Pizza Hut buffet. And then I stole a bunch of the red cups wow. and I have them at my house. You're a badass. <laughs> you? <laughs> and somehow he did not leave me. You're, you're going to get arrested. Just like you would get arrested for uh, changing daylight savings time. <laughs> You're doing a lot of bad shit okay. lately. So how? Let's talk about this. How to deal with the guilt of making the decision to leave? Like when I leave Jennifer, liking um, Domino's. So how would you deal with that guilt? So the guilt is, I guess one of the things is that, like, we've talked about this before. What is the guilt about? Is it guilt? Is it regret? What is the guilt saying to you? Right? Is it that I'm hurting somebody else? Is it that I'm going to miss out on something? Is that this is going to be a mistake? I would want a lot more information about what the guilt is about so I could address that directly. And I think, I think guilt or, like, the worry of hurting your partner right keeps a lot of people in the relationship someone asked when you know leaving is the right move but the discomfort of doing so stops you and you know when i was reading this question it reminded me of this article and i found it there's an article from the university of toronto that references research published in the journal of personality and social psychology and it found that people are less likely to initiate a breakup when they believe that their romantic partners are dependent on the relationship. Participants in the study, even people who had been close to breaking up, were motivated to remain in an unsatisfying situation because they considered not only their own desires, but also how much their partners wanted and needed the relationship to continue. We hear so, this all the time, right? If I was to leave, who would drive them somewhere? Who would do this? Especially when we talk about people, um, we hear this a lot about people are especially caregivers to other people, like even if it's their parents or someone, it's like, then who would do this if not me? Yeah. And I just, you know, the this article really highlights how long people stay in relationships for the needs of the other person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it validates how much that wears on a person when you are just giving and giving to someone else who who is dependent on you. But, you know, I think it's only natural that when you have a partner and you are a caregiver in some way that is dependent on you, but you decide to leave the relationship, that there is going to be guilt, right? Mm -hmm. And to anticipate that guilt to come up, right? That the fear of feeling the guilt is almost what has kept you in the relationship for as long as it's it's kept you in. And so the question is, 
do you want to be in this deeply unsatisfying relationship or do you want to feel this guilt? I I want to jump down to this question. Do you think there are times when an ultimatum works? I don't want it to seem manipulative. And I think sometimes people think a boundary is an ultimatum. Yeah. So if I say to you, I need you to stop drinking or else I can't be in this relationship with you, that's a boundary. Yeah. Right? This doesn't work for me. Or my goal is to get married. And if that's not your goal and this doesn't work, I have to leave. Now, what becomes more of control is like, I need you to propose to me next Thursday at five o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I'm getting my nails done. That's <laughs> <laughs> when I have my next nail appointment. <laughs> I acted like as if I didn't do this in my relationship. I was like, you didn't need to propose to me. <laughs> God, I'm going to die without it for some reason. And I was like, why did I care so much? Because like, other people were getting engaged. Like, I was one of, I like, to- doesn't like, people are always like, oh, how'd you get him to propose? Like, you know, he's so lucky he proposed. And I was like, I was behind the scenes like, please propose to me. <laughs> Love me. I am desperate. <laughs> Would you say to those people, you're like, he just loves me so much? <laughs> no, I was totally honest. And I oh, was like, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I just was like, <laughs> I was, was like, were you so surprised? And I was like, was I surprised? I've been begging for it. <laughs> but I mean, but it wasn't an ultimatum, right? Like you no. begging for it wasn't like, if you don't propose <laughs> to me, I'm leaving. <laughs> no, but but it's not. But, but you could say my goal is marriage yeah. and I'm looking to get married and to do this. And if that's not your end goal, this doesn't work for me. And I think, I think, you know, here is the difference, right? Where a boundary is, here are all of the things that I need, you know, in this relationship. Um, and, you know, if, if that's not something you want or that's not something we're going to follow through with, then I'm going to end this relationship, right? Like where it's real, right? It's yeah. very real. An ultimatum, I look at almost as um, – a fate, like like almost a a threat, but it's not real. It's almost it it it's more of a way to get your partner to do something. Like it's more of a power struggle. It's more of a need for some sort of control, right? So I had to Google it. I wanted to see what you know dictionary dot com said. Um, a final demand or statement of terms, the rejection mm. of which will result in retaliation or a breakdown in relations. That sounds... It's like sinister in a way. does sound sinister. And so I think for the person who's asking this, do you think there are times when an ultimatum works, right? When you say works, I'm almost like, well, you is it this need for control in the yeah. relationship? Or do you have a boundary, right, mm-hmm. that, that you're needing to express in the relationship? And if it's not met, are you actually willing to end the relationship? Like, is yeah. that real for you? And I think that that's a conversation you almost have to have with yourself before you play this out. If the if your partner isn't willing to get married and that's something that's really important to you um, and you're expressing that, that's a boundary. If your partner isn't willing to get married um, and you're saying, if you don't marry me, I'm going to leave you, but you actually don't want to leave them and you're actually not going to leave them and you are happy, right, in this relationship, then I would say that's an ultimatum if it's just a way to control them or get them to do something different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I would decipher it. Impact of caring what others think versus what I want. How do we get down to the difference? Hmm. So this goes, we've talked about this a ton before, but this is what we talk about is like, 
how much need for external validation and how much external communication do you do, right? And if you are someone who struggles with the difference, I would encourage you to talk to other people about stuff less. So what I mean by that is that I am someone who has struggled with this in my life. And something that I used to always do is like call up every fucking Tom, Dick, and Harry. Is that the saying? All your friends. <laughs> call like, all, my, all my friends. All um, your buddies, Tom, and, Dick, and Harry. And I would ask them, right? So then I'd have 50 million things and I was very confused about whose opinion was what and what it is. And it's because I didn't trust myself to make decisions. And so I was just like, all right, well, if I just pull everyone else, like pizza and dominoes, um, if I just pull everyone else, then I'll have a better idea. And so for some people that struggle with coming out of themselves, that can be a helpful thing. But for other people that have, you know, unbridled self-expression like myself, asking people is sometimes not helpful. It makes it more confusing. And so I would say to yourself, how much involvement are other people's opinions? And why do I keep asking for them? And if I'm not asking for them and they're being given to me, what do I have to do to set a boundary there? Mm. That's good. Worried about regret. So I'm stuck. We talked about this with guilt a little bit, right? Like that there's, if you think about the fear of feeling this feeling afterwards keeps you in the relationship. There's a Mm -hmm. fear of feeling regret. And, you know, another piece of this could be is like, will you feel regret if you stay in the relationship, right? Like, are you feeling that? now. And I think that no matter what, we're going to feel regret in our lives. We always look at the path not taken. That's a common feeling to have, right? It's a common thing to look at, like what would have happened if I did this differently or what would have changed if I did this. It's almost like the grass is greener approach. And so when you do something to avoid feeling a natural human feeling, it keeps you from really looking at like, well, what do I want in this situation? So I would see if you can get away from that fear of regret because regret is natural. It's a natural feeling that comes up and you might always have that feeling. Well, what if I did this differently? What if I didn't break up with them? Or what if I did break up with them? How would my life be different now? Right? You could have regret no matter what. So I would see what's underneath that, right? Try to look at, well, as opposed to I'm 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 fearful of feeling regret if I end this. Well, what's working and what's not working in this relationship? Mm-hmm. Like I would really take yourself into it to to analyze some of those things for yourself. Yeah. We have to get to your Jen and M. Wow. Okay. Oh, you, you switch it around this time. What do you mean? It's usually dear M and Jen. Do you want me to read it? <laughs> yeah, of course. You have a better voice. <laughs> okay. It's not true. We need to work on that narrative for you. That is a really bad narrative. I have that how bad my voice is. It's like my hair narrative. Yeah, which is not accurate anymore. (laughs) Wow. This I want to say that this morning I called myself an idiot over text. I was like talking to one of our clinicians, this great guy, Patrick, and you he responds back and he goes, Hey, don't say that about yourself. (laughs) And I was like, fuck, you're so right, Patrick. So great when the people you talk to are all therapists. (laughs) And I was like, dude, you're right. I'm awesome. <laughs> Not an idiot. <laughs> and you have a beautiful voice. <laughs> beautiful voice. You know what this probably comes from? That guy who made fun of you for singing in the talent show. Mm. No, I think it's probably just <laughs> just the podcast <laughs> reviews that say that my voice feels like fire burning in their ears or whatever has been said about me. <laughs> oh, Emily's voice makes my ears burn. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> 
The girl with the East Coast accent. I'm like, she's from here too. Okay. You're okay. up. Dear Em and Jen, my ex and I dated for four years. He was emotionally abusive towards me and treated me terribly. He would always say, please don't tell anyone about this when he did something abusive. So I kept a lot of the abuse private throughout our relationship. Through therapy, I was able to identify the abuse and chose to leave the relationship. Since then, I've told my friends about the things he did to me. My friends won't stop being his friend, and it bothers me a lot. It makes me feel invalidated. It makes me wonder if they even think I deserve the treatment I received from him or if they don't believe me. Either way, it's incredibly insulting. I have half a mind to cut my friendships off with them feeling that they aren't real friends. However, I worry that I will regret the decision in the future once I am more healed. I also worry that I'm overreacting. I can't even stand to see that they have liked his posts on social media. What do I do? Am I overreacting and need to find a way to cope with their continued friendship with him? Or is this truly a sign that they aren't good friends at all? Please advise. P.S. It's been over a year since our breakup for some context. Oh, how much you want to hug this person? So bad. Here's what I would say. Trauma doesn't get over in a year. This is a very complex situation, and you have experienced trauma. It is going to be very hard to suss out what is like a trauma response in a situation like this. But I'm wondering what feels, one, if it sounds like you feel like maybe your friends aren't being loyal towards you and aren't being heard. And I wonder if part of that's a conversation. Do you not believe what happened to me? This makes me wonder. It makes me doubt. I need to feel that my friends hear me and see this thing that happened to me. Has there been able to be conversations around this? That was what I was going to say is like to talk to your friends. And I wonder if for so long you were told, don't tell anyone about this. Don't talk about this. And, you know, because of that, when you're in an abusive situation and you're being told, don't tell anyone about this, you get so used to holding everything inside of you. and so. Because you're still healing, right, that it might be the case that you need to keep talking about this or you need to approach your friends and say, hey, this is really hard for me. However, for so long, you have learned to keep all of this inside. And so it sounds like you're still battling with this on your own. The fact of the matter is you don't need to battle with this on your own. You can talk to your friends about it. You can say, hey, this really hurt me and this is really hard for me. Um, and the fact of the matter is your friends won't know that even if you tell them, even if you told them this was, you know, an abusive relationship, they might not fully understand what you need moving forward in order for them to be supportive friends. And so I would have a conversation with them about that. And I think it'll give you good information on whether they can be part of your healing journey or not and in what their response is. That's it for today's episode. We always ask you to rate, review, subscribe, follow on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us at Shrink Chicks or the Therapy Group. If you are looking um, to switch up your therapy journey, get started in your therapy journey, jump back into your therapeutic journey, we'd love to get you set up with one of our amazing clinicians at thetherapygroup.com. If you're looking to do more individual work, we have an Amazon journal, um, right in Shrink Chicks Journal on Amazon. We have merch. It's getting cold out. Get yourself a nice beanie, a nice sweatshirt or a sweatsuit outfit. I love the combined outfit at shrinkchicks.com. Thank you for being here today. And don't forget that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. We'll see you next week. Bye.